This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. So how's it going? Oh, I'm falling apart. How about you? Um, I mean, everything's hot and I want to die and I didn't sleep, so. Yeah. You remember when I threw my back out like a couple weeks ago? Yes. A few weeks ago? I don't know. So I don't know if this is part of that or what, but now my neck is out too. So anytime I make a sharp movement, like radiates pain all the way down my arm and my legs. It's just been super fun. So, And I also cut off half my fingernail. So, you know. You are absolutely falling apart. That's what I meant when I said I was falling apart. <laughs> like, like here I am thinking that I could corner the market on the bad day. And then you were like, hey, Paul, hold my beer. <laughs> Speaking of beer. Well, the problem is now, I mean, you say you didn't get enough sleep. I have, I've been taking these muscle relaxers and I don't take that. I don't like to take them because they make me tired. So I've just been like in and out of a coma for most of the weekend. That, um, that actually sounds really good if I'm being honest. And I did go to a five-year-old's birthday party yesterday where I stole her tiara and wore it all day. Um, I thought I heard about you on local news. Fine, I'm not sorry. I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> not even a little. Like, I'm tired of having to fill the press phone calls that we got last night. <laughs> well, I guess that's why you didn't get any sleep, right? Exactly. It was then a I PR nightmare. For real. <laughs> then, I, then I watched this movie this morning, and now I need to sage my entire house and only watch Hallmark movies for the next week. Um... So that app that I told you about today, Pluto TV, <laughs> in addition to um, the Unsolved Mysteries and all those channels, there's also a channel called Christmas in July. Yes. So if if you need to pick me up. <laughs> I do. You know, here's the thing. Like Hallmark runs Christmas in July where they run only Christmas movies. It's super popular. What I don't understand, and we talked about if you're part of the Deck to Hallmark super secret Facebook group which I don't know who is, but whatever, you're not. But um, we talked about this earlier this week. Somebody posted, like, why why do they have the Movies and Mysteries channel? They should dump that and put a Christmas channel and just run Christmas movies all the time. So I tried to watch the Christmas movies last weekend, and mm-hmm. and I'm sure that this is just my own um, neuroses, but they're not nearly as magical when it's 198 degrees outside. Some <laughs> some of the charm of the Christmas movies is that it's like 80 degrees outside at Christmas time in Texas and that and Louisiana, totally. and it feels like Christmas then. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love the word. Like, it feels like Christmas when I can be comfortable in my shorts. Right! <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. So... Living in Texas is a real hard, y'all. It's a sacrifice, but also I miss it. Mm-hmm. Texas, take me back. This is why we get to be so blatantly obnoxious about living in Texas. Yes, it's it's actually... We um, suffer. Exactly. We suffer. It is the, uh, the tax that we pay. It's our tariff to get mm-hmm. to um, brag about how amazing Texas is. Exactly. Um, anyways what's going on with you well 
so much that I can't talk about because people that I really want to talk about listen to this podcast. Damn it, people that he really wants to talk about. So um, just know that as per usual, drama abounds in both of our lives. True. And uh, we're ready for a break from all of it. I'm speaking for you now. You're welcome. I, yeah. Well, I either need a break or my own reality show where this drama will start paying, paying like off. endless dividends. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, however much I say I hate drama, I saw a meme yesterday that encompasses my personality and I'm pretty sure yours too. It oh was a, it was a tweet that said, um, if you are arguing loudly on the phone in public, please put the person on speakerphone so I know whose side I'm on. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to know. Like, I literally have a thing in my kitchen that says I run on coffee and chaos. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. I love chaos. I hate drama, but I like someone else's drama, so. Totally. Um, yeah. Man, I don't even have anything, like, real good to talk about, and here's why. Because this case fucked me up. This movie kind of fucked me up. It's uh, real dark. I just need to show you what I've had to look at for the past few days of research. I don't want... Yeah. Uh, okay. He's just staring my, at me. He's just staring question. at me. Uh-huh. Why do people think he's hot? Do people think he's hot? Yes, he had quite the following. Okay, listen. Um, loyal listeners, followers, family, lovers, haters, lifetimers alike... If you are in that crowd, I need you to email me and also email me your um, latest prescription from your eye doctor. And I want to see if these two things are correlated at all. Also, maybe a recent psych evaluation. He's not hot. Yeah, he had quite the follow. And and maybe I'm like, well, maybe he was hot and I just don't get it because I don't get the obsession with serial killers being hot. Maybe. I don't get it. Like, when I say that I would get into Ted Bundy's car, it's not because he's hot. It's because I was really stupid. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So that's... Hey, th- and I think we've had this conversation. People have got to stop romanticizing serial killers. It's gross. Um, I, I don't care. And you can quote me on this. We can make it a t-shirt. I don't give a fuck at this point. If Channing Tatum... <laughs> suddenly turns out to be a serial killer, he is immediately not hot anymore. He's canceled. He is canceled. Channing, please don't do that because you are beautiful. Mm-hmm. We don't want to cancel you. <laughs> we don't deserve that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't understand it. It's very weird. Um I will say though that my notes have a really running stream of consciousness like it's clear I didn't sleep. So Good. it's going to be real fun when we get to my half. So can we go ahead and jump into yours? Wait, we can't do that yet. Do you know what we forgot? Uh, this is Lifetime Sentence. I'm Paul. I'm Erin. What's up, guys? Only okay. took us seven and a half minutes to tell you who we are. I mean, if you don't know by this point, you're missing out. Okay, this week I watched The Night Stalker. And it premiered on June 12th, 2016, starring Lou Diamond Phillips as Richard Ramirez. Really? Yeah. Okay. And they nailed it. Really? Big time. If you look up 
uh, cast photos like from the movie. Yeah, they nailed it big time. Um, he was in La Bamba with mm-hmm. our friend from um, We Have Your Husband. Oh, really? They were in La Bamba. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then he was also in Courage Under Fire. <clears throat> Bellamy Young, she plays Kit. Um, you may know her from Scandal. No. She was President's wife okay. in Scandal. She also was um, Hotchner's girlfriend for a while on Criminal Minds. Oh, okay. And then... Benjamin Barrett plays the young Richard Ramirez. They also nailed this one pretty good. Um, he was in Badsville. And we he also brings us our Pornhubber TV this week, which is a real stretch. Okay. So sorry about it. Okay, then he I'm going to have to really dig deep in my, in my creative guessing. He was in a movie called Amateur Night. Go. Amateur Night is... Um, a docudrama about the first and only international sex competition in which they invite non-professional performers to fuck on stage um, and they go for gold, silver, and bronze medal with a 500 250 and $100 cash prize, respectively. That's it? Yeah. Do you know how much you can get paid if you post, like, a homemade porn on Pornhub? Right. Or, like, a premium Snap account. It's, like, $38,000. So. So. It was the first one, and it was, like, it was in the 90s when $100 was more like $112 today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Actually, what this movie is... Quote, an unemployed architect's pregnant wife finds him a job as a driver on Craigslist. Showing up, he starts right away driving prostitutes to clients. Will he survive the day? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> like, you know who the star of this movie is? You'll be so shocked, I'm sure. I Okay. American Pie superstar Jason Biggs. I didn't realize he'd done anything else. <laughs> Well, he married Jenny Mullen, and she's super hot. That was, like, his crowning achievement. Right, right. Um, (laughs) Additionally, the premise for this movie sounds almost as short-sighted as the one I came up with. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Anyways, so, yeah, I watched this movie. It goes a little something like this. Ready? Ready. We open in a prison. Richard Ramirez is staring out of the little mail slot in his cell, having flashbacks of chasing people down and killing them. You know, super normal, Don't regular, you everyday love stuff. Reflecting on the good old days. <laughs> um, then he starts banging his head on the glass. Again, one hundred percent normal. Okay, this is my typical Tuesday. Let's get on with it. The screen goes white and says June two thousand thirteen, three days earlier. Oh, this is going to be one of those ones where they can't figure out how timelines work. I can already oh. tell. Oh, oh, oh. There's three major timelines in this movie. Um, and two of them at some point converge. But it's very hard to figure out when <laughs> and why. So buckle up, buttercups. It's going to be a bumpy one. Okay. Um, we cut to a girl punching a punching bag while a voicemail plays over the top. It says she has five minutes to visit. To make a good first impression. 
we cut to her walking down a hallway in a prison with her no-nonsense bangs and her moto jacket. Oh, damn. Shit mm-hmm. says journalist to me. It should say lawyer to you, but what, six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Really. I mean, they both lie. Yeah. She's led into a room where she picks up a phone to talk to Ramirez. She plugs in her iPhone, like, into the wall because she's recording this. And she tells him that she used to live in Glassow. And I put question marks because I couldn't really make out what she was saying. I think it's Glassow Park on Verdugo Street. Okay. He says he remembers that place. And then he starts coughing. And I'm like, well, he may have tuberculosis. I'm not sure. Um, he asks how old uh, she is. Glassell. G-L-A-S-S-E-L-L is one of the site of his first night there stalker crime. That's, Sorry. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was no, like, okay. I've got this in my notes somewhere. Let me find it. Yeah. Well, no, because I, I rewound it like three times. And, you know, when they start talking in this, these movies, they talk really softly. And I'm like, could you speak up? And enunciate, please. Okay. <laughs> um, he asks how old she is. She says she's 43. And he says she has nice legs and then asks her to lift up her skirt. Ugh. Um, I don't think you're helping your case if she's trying to be your attorney. She's not his attorney. Um, We'll get there. I'm so confused. I should have slept he, more. He asks why she's there. And she says she's interested in him. And no shit, this is his response. Quote, interested like a zoo animal you want to study or interested like a zoo animal you want to get bent over a table by? Um, okay, so I have a membership to my zoo. I go all the time. <laughs> I sketch the animals. It's one of my favorite places. There's never been a time that I've looked at a gorilla and I'm like, God damn, do you know what I need right now? Like, call me your banana. I don't, what the fuck does that mean? Okay, I, I know we're a very small sample size, but Aaron, have you ever had this occasion at a zoo? Like, never. Okay. Never. Um, She responds, quote, interested, like I want to understand you. Oh, he that's secret her- third option. Mm-hmm. He calls her attention to all the women waiting to visit him in the waiting room and says at least they give him something to look at. What? Golly. Um, um, she is shocked that all those women are attracted to him. And then I put in parentheses, so am I. But I don't get the attraction to serial killers. <laughs> um, um, so just already, just with that sentence, that at least they give me mm-hmm. something to look at. It is truly a shame sometimes in America that we don't treat criminals the way they treated their victims because his eye should have been gouged out. Um, So she says she's really shocked by that, given his history with women. And he corrects her and says, quote, alleged history. (laughs) So he clearly listens to this podcast from the grave. (laughs) Um, Oh, you didn't know we upload on iTunes, Spotify, and Ouija board? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... And then he says that some women just like that in a man. And I'm like, Ugh, this is so gross. Um, he asks what she's going to give him. And she asks what he wants. He says he wants to talk without the glass partition. Then he tells her if she comes back, she can't wear her watch. Because gold is the medal of Christianity. 
and it's not permitted in his presence. Um, what church did he go to? Oh, there's a lot of Satanist things. Oh, yeah. And I don't even, I don't even really understand it. I So something that we should address, because it does come up probably in this movie a lot, because it comes up in his notes, is that he was a practicing, practicing Satanist. Um, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. He Mm-mm. was a monster. So let's just yeah. clear that out of the way right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could probably be a practicing real Satanist and not be a crazy murderer. I don't know. Um, Out in the waiting room, Kat calls who I will refer to as Texas Jed. He asks if she got the confession in the five minutes that she was allowed to spend with him. And then he yells at her when she says no. So the premise of this movie is the reason why she's there is she's from Texas. She's an attorney. There's a man on death row in Texas whose execution is coming up in the next few days. Um, He's on death row for a crime they think that Ramirez committed. So she's there to try to get him to confess so that they can stay his ex, the other guy's execution and get him out of prison. Okay. Okay? So that's why they're on this timeline because it's like a few days before he's going to be executed. Gotcha. Um, she goes to her hotel room and she passes a guy. It's one of those hotel rooms with the doors that open up to the outside, not like to the a hallway or whatever. Right. She passes a guy who's standing outside on the balcony on his cell phone. And so she goes into her room. The curtains are open. She strips in front of the open window and then winks at the guy and walks into the bathroom. And I'm like, so this bitch has problems too, okay? <laughs> Um, okay. Um, I was not prepared for that. I, in fact, choked and had to turn off my mic because it caught me so off guard. (laughs) Her mom calls and she, her mom tells her she's looking for a rosary and she's like, mom, you don't have a rosary. We're, we're not Catholic. So, um, make sure it's a gold rosary. That's the medal of Christians. She's cuckoo bananas too. Um, And it's here where we flash back to 1985. A girl that I assume is Kit is sitting on the couch watching a news story about the murders. And this is before he was caught. Um, She goes to her room where her curtains won't shut. And so she uses her hair clips. I don't know if you remember these hair clips. They look like two triangles put together. Yes. And they're like all bright colors. So she has that that, and she closes her curtains with it. Uh, Good. Um. And then we cut immediately, with no warning, to a woman tied up on the floor while a man screams at her about trying to find something. Oh, like no warning, just like, great, no. great. Yeah. Um, he makes her swear on Satan that the thing he's looking for is in the drawer that he's looking in. Then he throws her on the bed and kisses her temple. And there's a man in bed with her, but he must be dead because if not, he's like the heaviest sleeper on earth. Oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> he's li- like, pass the fuck out. <laughs> a literal earthquake could ransack my house and I would wake up and be like, can you shut up and go back to sleep? Like, right. um, Back at Kat's ha- or Kit's house, she gets up the next morning and eats breakfast with her mom and stepdad who just make out at the table. Um, 
I mean, and I was like, mm, I mean, look, there's a time and a place for that. It's not at the breakfast table. But what a better way to jumpstart your day. Mm-hmm. True. Back in 2013, we're in a regular visiting room this time. The guard assures her that Ramirez is basically harmless these days because of the lymphoma. Um, they bring him in, and the first thing he says to her is what? What do you think he says to her? Let's see. Um, come back for your gorilla dick? <laughs> no. He breathes in and says, you smell like hotel soap. That's that was my third guess. Ugh. My okay, second guess um, was just blessings. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm super creeped out. Um, Cat asks, Cat, I'm sorry. At the first, I thought her her name was Cat, and then I realized halfway through her name is actually Kit. Um, Kit asks how Ramirez met his wife Doreen. He says that Doreen wrote for the papers back when he was on trial and said he'd never get a fair trial because everyone assumed he was guilty. He says Doreen always believed in his innocence. Kit asks if he is innocent, and he says he doesn't believe in innocence. So this is really just going in a lot of circles. Um, uh, Okay. Not getting philosophical with a dead serial killer, Paul. Just, Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> then he starts talking about Satan and Satanists and how Satan is in everyone's soul and that people don't want to recognize that because they don't want to see what's truly in their soul. Um, Kit asks him about his concussion when he was five and they flash back to him as a boy knocking a radio off a shelf and onto his head. Oh. And Ramirez says he knows all about frontal lobe injuries and how they can mess with empathy and increase aggression. He's not an idiot, Kit. God. Um, I'm an animal, not an idiot. Yeah, I'm a zoo animal, not an idiot. Jesus. Um, <laughs> she brings up his cousin, Mike, and he says that Mike taught him how to... Oh, this is so creepy. Okay, I ready? hate Mike. Um, Mike taught him how to hunt. Quote, how to sneak up on an animal with stealth. Where to shoot it or stab it for the quickest death. And then he describes to her in great detail how to slash someone's throat, which I will not repeat on this podcast i cannot tell you how much i appreciate that Uh uh-huh um we flash back to him and his cousin driving around in el paso i think harassing girls on the street you know like you do um his cousin brought him oh god and i'm i i'm i get really generalist about what these photos show and i can't believe they kind of showed this on a movie but whatever um his Cousin brought him photos of him in Vietnam, basically raping and pillaging the villagers. And it's really gross. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing. That's disgusting. Yep. Um, then he leans over. Oh, so we're back like in 2013. And so they're in the interview room and he leans across the table and he tells her, I bet you like it rough, don't you? And then he says that she reminds him of Carol, who is one of his victims. God. Um, he says that she was old, but she liked it rough, too. No. Um, then he starts to get super creepy so that she cuts the interview off and leaves. Like, I'm not even going to repeat the other stuff that he says. It was not. Like, okay. if you're saying he starts to get super creepy and this is, like, that's where he started. And then you said he starts to get super creepy. I cannot yeah. imagine what came next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
he it, it was a lot about sex and domination and stuff like that it was not cool um here's the thing if you want to do that consensually on your own time do it but don't make someone else do it against their will it's not okay he calls after her and says he'll be thinking about her later that night um back I'm, I'm, in- I'm possibly very flattered Back in 1985, Kit is talking to her friends about another victim they found. And her friends are like, we cannot listen to this anymore. And she really should have been friends with us because we can talk about this all day I was going to say, we want to party with middle school Kit. A guy overhears her and says he thinks she's really smart to be keeping up with that stuff and being obsessed with the killer. And then he walks her home because nothing says, let me take you on a date. Like a man being impressed with your knowledge about serial killers. Am I right? I mean, that's how anyone could get me in bed real fast. Mm -hmm. Oh, me too. (laughs) She shows him her killer scrapbook and then they make out. It's like Netflix and chill in 1985. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a bunch of like underdeveloped Polaroids stuck in a book. It was like articles and stuff that she had all like pasted in a book um richard flashes back to his own childhood at his cousin mike's house mike and richard are getting high um but mike's girlfriend slash wife is just nagging him about getting a job so he casually stands up and shoots her in the head like you do and just sits back down and takes the joint from uh ramirez and keeps smoking i mean uh what what else would you do skip your turn (laughs) back in 2013 uh kit goes to a bar to take whiskey shots and the guy who um watched her undress earlier comes in um we cut briefly to richard's childhood he starts stealing cars but then we um oh and meanwhile see here's the thing richard kit are having like these childhoods but they're not at the same time because Richard grew up in the seventies and Kit is growing up in the, in the early eighties. Right. It's very confusing. Um, so Richard starts stealing cars, um, while Kit and her boyfriend hang out in the park. This is scrapbook guy. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've, okay. Yeah. 2013 Kit wakes up in bed with the bar guy and one of her hands is still tied to the uh, with a belt to the headboard, which good on you, sister. Get it. <laughs> um, she gets another message from Texas Jed, so she goes to see Ramirez again. He says he's surprised he came out because most or she came back because most people are just hobbyists who want to see what it's like to be close to him. Um, back in his childhood, he is listening to his, to his Walkman, and a girl calls. He asks if she wants to meet him somewhere, and she says, sure. So they go to the cemetery to hang out, like like you do. Isn't that, um, like, you never had a cemetery, like, slumber party with your BFF? and then, like, Oh, totally. Hell yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. Then he walks her home, and she kisses him before going inside. Um, back in 2013, he says that that made him realize that he could not ever be in that kind of relationship, that he wasn't normal enough to be... Like, this guy's girl, or this girl's boyfriend. Which is so terribly sad. Yeah, it really is. Um, So he starts breaking into houses and stealing things. Um, He says he was good at it, and people should just recognize what they're naturally good at, and it would save them a lot of trouble. He says he's naturally good at being evil, so that's why he 
kept doing it. I don't know, man. That sounds like a lot of work. Do you know what I'm actually good at? Laying my fat ass in bed and eating. I'm really good at watching The Bachelor, so... All right. All right. We found our things. (laughs) Day over. Thank you, Richard Ramirez. You've helped us find our calling. Goodbye. Okay. He says... She's, he then tells her that she's stealing information from him. So he starts to ask her um, questions. Like if she's married, if she has kids, et cetera, et cetera. And then he tells her he thinks she's there to save his soul. And so he says he's he doesn't want to be saved. He's done good work for Satan. And a place in his kingdom has been, has been um, made for him. So he doesn't need saving. What he needs is up her skirt. Man, he is like this smooth talking spiritual life coach god of a man. Like, how have I not seen how sexy he is after a speech like that? I mean, um, she says what she's there for is to get his side of the story that people love to get inside of the mind of someone who scares them. Um, he basically says no and that he's done with her and ends the interview. On her way out, Kit sees Doreen, his wife, and asks her why she wants to be married to him. And Doreen studied at the school of Mary Louise Merrill. Oh, man. Okay. He quietly and very calmly tells Kit that she can denigrate her all she wants. But Kit is the one that looks like the loneliest person in the room. Oh, shit. That is Mary Louise Merrill. (laughs) Um, Back in 1985... Kit is in a short skirt and t-shirt on her way out. Her stepfather Kat calls her. So that happened. That's not a that's not a thing. Mm. Stepfather I mean, is canceled. Is yeah. Oh, he's gonna get more canceled. Um a 20-something-year-old Richard is out walking around as well. Uh Kit walks by a nightclub that is blaring obsession by Animotion. Yes. Um, she asks the door guy if it's slow, and he says every night is slow now because of the serial killer roaming around. He tells her she shouldn't be out walking by herself and to come inside, and he'll call her a cab. They go inside, and this club is legit empty. Oh, my God. There's Kit, the DJ, who has, like, got his hands up. He's, like, moving. The bartender and the door guy. That's it. Those are the only people in there. So... I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, which that is my superpower, is knowing when you were wrong already. Mm-hmm. But his M.O. was to break into people's houses and kill them at home. So wouldn't, mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to be anywhere but your house? Like, mm, yes. I would feel like the club should be packed. Theoretically, yes, that's true. Okay. Um, <sighs> cut to 2013, Kit. She's at the boxing gym again. Her phone rings and it's Ramirez. So she accepts the call and she doesn't say anything. She accepts the call. And so Ramirez is like, Kit, Kit. And then he calls her Kitty Cat. And I was like, Ugh. Ugh. This um, whole movie is canceled. I don't yeah. like any of it. <laughs> she tells him that she was basically obsessed with him when he, and then when he, he was captured, it was like something was missing in her life. And so now she studies killers, which is completely normal and should not be run past a therapist at all. Um, I mean, do you do you know what we do every week for two hours? You yeah. and me. 
<laughs> right, but I don't call them on the phone well, and tell them that I'm obsessed with them. It's because we don't have their numbers. I mean, I'm sure I could find one. <laughs> um, she says she wants to come back because they have unfinished business. And he says that she can come back, but they have to get rid of the phone that she's recording him on and get rid of the guards. And no. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. sister, mm-mm, no. But I've she's heard, like, sure, that sounds fine. I've heard lots of bad ideas in my day. It's and a really bad idea. Baby girl, let me tell you a secret. <laughs> Over in the Texas prison, Texas Jed tells the inmate um, that Kit's getting close and the guy starts to cry. But Texas Jed is like, don't worry, we still have two more days. Can you even imagine? Oh, great. Loads of time. 48 whole hours? Yeah. Whatever will I do with myself? It's bad. Like, I cannot even imagine. Oh, that would be so awful. Um, Back in 1985, I think this is our edit of the week, because I don't know what the hell is happening right now. Perfect. Kit goes home from the club. She shuts the garage door, and Ramirez is in her garage. Oh, shit. So she runs inside and hides in her closet. And then we cut immediately back to her hotel room in 2013. And a teenage Richard is standing over her bed yelling, wake up. You know what this is? This is like the creepiest music video for that Michelle Branch song. You're everywhere to me. When I close my eyes, it's you I see. Yeah. So she freaks out, of course, because that's what you would do in that situation. She turns on the light, but nobody's there. So the next day, we're back at the prison. Um, Ramirez and Kit are alone. He's still, like, chained up, but they're by themselves. They start going through his timeline in El Paso. He was working in a hotel so he would sneak into people's rooms and steal things. Um, he tried. He says he tried to rape a girl there, but her husband came in and beat the crap out of him. And then didn't call the police. They just left. Oh, they changed that then. Because he did mm-hmm. call the police in the real story. Okay. Yeah, they didn't. He says they didn't call the police. They just left. Um, he says it's his turn again to ask questions. So he asks her how she went to law school because the part of town she grew up in was so poor. She tells him she worked at a fetish club. Okay. And the, and he says, oh, um, did you, like, he has her explain what a fetish club is, which is like oh, BDSM. I thought and he was going to be like, oh, is it like, you know, and like start naming the places? No. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I remember Tina's down on 4th. Was that you? No. So he says, he asked her if she ever had sex with the guys that she would, like, dominate and she said no and he said um did you make a lot of money and she's like yeah i made a lot of money um i was like i'm i was really hoping for a full-on rent moment like yeah do you go to the cat scratch club (laughs) yes they used to tie you up finally they get to the real reason she's there and she tells him about the man on death row for the crimes that they think that ramirez actually committed and she asked Ramirez asked her to describe the guy, and it turns out Ramirez remembers him, the actual guy. Wow. Um, they go back and forth about the crime, 
And finally, Ramirez says, oh, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. And she says she doesn't believe him and then goes into this long, he then, they go into this long thing about how nobody is 100% good or evil. It's just impossible. Um, He tells her she spent so much of her life hiding who she is that she's going to end up being no one. And then he starts pulling on his chains and acting like a freaking crazy person. And so the guards rush in and they take him away. Um, Kit like jumps backwards um, and she cries and like walks around in circles. Cause I guess that's what you do when somebody tries to kill you inside a prison. I don't know. Flashback to Ramirez working at the hotel. He sees the people, the victims of the crime that they're talking about. And then we immediately cut back to him ramming his head into his cell door, like from the beginning okay. of the movie. Okay. Um, Wait, so this is, is where it's gone like cyclical and we're back at where we started. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch this movie because I have a headache just trying to follow the timeline already. It, it was hard to follow. Um, we Then Kit is back at the boxing gym. And then we cut to teenage Kit, who's watching TV with her stepdad, and the Night Stalker has been captured. And we see a 20, 20s-ish Richard walking down the street. Um, he stops at a newspaper stand, and the lady there recognizes him from the paper, so he takes off running. He is literally chased down by a mob of angry townspeople. This is my favorite part of any story ever, because that is so real. Funny. I know. And then we cut back to Kit watching the story on the news and her stepfather starts rubbing her leg. Because he's so excited for her to be able to go out alone at night. Nope. And then he rapes her. Um, No. And that's two rapes in two weeks and I need less rapes in these movies lifetime, please. Yeah. Oh my God, that's rough. I'm so sorry Um, you had to watch that. Yeah, it was not cool. Back in, um, hold on. Present day Kit is showering and then she listens to the interviews like on her phone. Um, 80s Kit is laying in bed and then sinister music plays while she gets a knife and goes into her parents' bedroom and stands over her stepfather's sleeping body. A ringing phone wakes up present day Kit and it's Texas Jed. Ramirez has been, is in the hospital, so she goes to the hospital. She decides to, like, give him the story that he's been wanting. And so she tells him about her stepfather raping her and how she wanted to kill him. And she was jealous of Ramirez being able to kill people without even hesitating. And then we flash back again to the 80s and Kit stabs her stepfather in the arm. Shit. But then she totally flips out because I assume stabbing someone is, like, traumatizing. Yeah. And so then we cut back to present day Kit who tells Ramirez that he took his stuff after that and he just left. He never told her mom that she stabbed him so she never told her mom that he raped her. Maybe maybe you could have. Yeah. So Ramirez confesses to the crime. He says he he used his passkey to get into the motel room to kill the Japanese woman and her child. She gets a low battery warning while she's recording his confession. 
<laughs> and this is why you charge your phone. They were like trying, how can we build dramatic tension? What if we got left? Okay, guys, we've got 17 minutes left and low battery. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And this is why people are supposed to charge your phones. That's why we tell you to charge your phone at the end of every show. So that if you are recording someone's confession, your phone doesn't fucking die in the middle of it. Okay. We're just looking out for you. Exactly. Um... We're just doing the Lord's work out here, okay? Um, she asks him to tell her something that only he would know. And he says that the mother was a bitch. And the kid was, and I quote, I want to stress that this is a quote. The kid was, quote, retarded or deaf or something, maybe. Um. Uh. Yeah. She manages to get that on tape and then her phone dies. Right before he says that there are more murders that he committed. And she says to tell her about the rest of them. And he says that some things are best left between him and Satan. She presses him and tells him um, that they're alone now, that she's not recording anymore. And he tells her that just because she told him her sad little story doesn't mean that she means anything to him. He gave her a gift and just made her career. She's not special. She's a nobody. And then he starts having a seizure. Um, the Bye, hospital bitch. machines, the hospital machines go all like nutty and um, beeping and stuff. And she hovers her hand over the plug. <laughs> like she she's like, I plug. couldn't do this to my stepdad. I'll do it mm -hmm. to you. But she doesn't. She chickens out, and the doctors come in and start working on him. So she like pieces the fuck out. She calls Texas Jed about the audio and he says like the judge is reviewing it. So this is supposed to be later. Um, she says she's going to stay in California for a while and visit her mom. Um, Texas Jed tells her to get back real quick because this confession is a big deal. And there are a lot of people who want to talk to her. Um, Kit goes to her mom's house. They sit down to dinner in front of the TV. And the story on the news is that Ramirez died that day. And that's pretty much it. Um, the ending screen says, quote, inspired by the true events of 1985 when Richard Ramirez embarked on a crime spree that terrified Southern California. Ramirez was ultimately convicted of 13 counts of murder, five counts of attempted murder, 11 counts of sexual assault, and 14 counts of burglary in 1989 and sentenced to San Quentin's death row. He remained there awaiting execution until the time of his death from complications from B-cell lymphoma in 2013. In 2009, DNA evidence emerged linking Ramirez to the previously unsolved 1984 murder of a young girl in San Francisco. Some believe there may be additional murders, um, unsolved cases, and also connected to the Night Stalker. And then they showed photos of like the young Ramirez next to the actor who played young Ramirez, and then the old Ramirez next to Lou Diamond Phillips. And wow, they nailed it. Good job, guys. I find it really. And that's it. I find it really interesting that. They just focused on the unsolved crimes. I guess they kind of figured mm -hmm. that his, his ubiquity would speak for the yeah. other crimes. So that's rough that I have to talk about them all on my own. But whatever. Um, but no, I find that really interesting. Well, you haven't watched like four people get raped in the last two weeks. So <laughs> do I need to show you his face again? That's been staring at me no, for days. Mm -mm, nope. Not that it's the same, but I had my own trauma. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Richard Ramirez was born on 
February 29th, 1960. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in El Paso, Texas. Okay. Um, sorry, I just... Was he born on Leap Day? February 29th? Yep. So, you like, that is a super rare occurrence and you still fucked it up that badly? Like, right? that's supposed to be a sacred day, sir. <laughs> anyway, he was the youngest of five children. Um, before he was 12 years old, he had suffered not one, but two head traumas Ouch. that had left him, um, with epileptic seizures. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, <laughs> as we go through, I've got a checklist on how to build a serial killer and good mm-hmm. news. We hit them all. Yay. Every one of them. Um, so step one for serial killer is always head trauma. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, now the one that we're missing typically is bedwetting. I don't have any, um, I don't have any indication of bedwetting. So there's that at least. Um, but, um, the next step is always abuse. Always. Mm -hmm. So Ramirez's father was actually very abusive. Okay. And so to get away from his dad's abuse, um, he had a couple of coping mechanisms. The first, um, less intense being that he would in fact sleep in the cemetery at night so that he wouldn't have to be at home. Okay. So, um, there's those cemetery slumber parties that we were talking about earlier. Yep. Sure. Yep. Um, the second of which being that he would hang out with his beloved cousin, Miguel known as Mike. Um, and Miguel was a decorated army, um, ex like army veteran. Um, and so, you know, what What do you expect from the boldest and the bravest of Americans except for somebody who shows you pictures of all the women you raped when you were in Vietnam? That's disgusting. Um, he would show Ramirez pictures of, of and boast about all the women that he raped. And mm-hmm. uh, in one of the photos, he, in fact, was posing with the severed head of a woman that he'd killed. And bragged about it. Um, Yeah. Does this guy ever get to go to jail too? No. Mm -mm. So Mm. Mike. um, That sucks. Mike and uh, Ramirez started uh, smoking marijuana together when Ramirez was 10. And that's when he started to learn of Mike's sexual exploits. So I mean, that's what I did with my son when he turned 10. Right. Oh, and yeah, then, we started smoking together. Now, did you show the severed heads at 10, or was that like an 11-year-old kind of thing? Uh, no, that was like 12. Okay, good. Yeah. I forgot you have class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Just to be perfectly clear, I've never done any of those things with my child. <laughs> CPS knocks on my door, and you're like, dude, I, that was a joke. <laughs> um, yeah, so they bonded over his gory war stories and his tales of abuse. Um, I'm on a hard pass on the gory war stories. Uh-huh. Thanks. Um, Mike then used all of his spare time to teach Richard all of the skills he'd learned in the military, um, such as like killing with stealth and yeah. stalking and, you know, mm-hmm. all of those useful traits that come in handy when you are. I got to teach my kid that too. Right. God, so you're behind. So behind. Um, God. So, on May 4th, 1973, Mm -hmm. 
Mike and his wife, Jesse, got into an altercation. Mm-hmm. And he pulled out a thirty-eight caliber revolver and shot her in the face with Richard in the room. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that really happened. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so later that year, after the shooting, somebody decided that maybe Richard needed some better attention than what he was getting from his parents. So he moved in with his sister, Ruth. Okay. And Ruth was married to a man named Roberto, who okay. was a notorious peeping Tom. Excellent. And would take Richard out to peep. So, so the Ramirez women just had excellent taste in men. Yes. What I'm hearing. Yes. Um, so um, this is also when Richard started to... Um, to use LSD and to oh, sure. practice his form of Satanism, which we've said our piece about that. Yes. Um, for the record, he was 13 years old. Okay. Yeah. So Normal let's, teenage stuff. Yeah. You know, like he's doing these fun family outings with his brother-in-law, Roberto. He's had some adventures right. with Miguel. Like the obvious next step after this is 13-year-old LSD. Totally. Yeah. Um, so... Meanwhile, Mike was found not guilty of Jesse's murder. I'm sorry, what now? By reason of insanity. Oh, sure. Because he'd been in the Vietnamese War. The Vietnam oh, War, yeah. rather. Um, and he was the such Vietnamese a... Vietnamese <laughs> Sorry. He was in the oh, Vietnam my God. War. And um, so he um, was such a decorated soldier that, I mean, they pushed in his trial, they pushed really hard how like good of a soldier he was so that he'd get to spend four years and a mental institution instead of, you know, like four years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm laughing at the, like at the ridiculousness of it. That is insane. Yep. And and like nowhere in there, like searching the home or whatever, did they find like the photos of the poor people in Vietnam being tortured and murdered? That's just boys being boys. Ugh. Locker room talk. Give me a break. <laughs> um, so um, Ramirez puts all of these experiences together and comes mm-hmm. out realizing that what all this means is that he is really turned on by actual rape and forced bondage. I want to cancel that. There's like a safe way to emulate that kind of stuff if you if it turns you on mm-hmm. there is yeah there is so there's no reason to be only turned on by actual rape right no reason at all okay. um so while he was still in school he mm-hmm. took a job at holiday inn uh, now mm-hmm. he did drop out of school in the ninth grade so he was 13 or 14 working at holiday inn like okay mm-hmm he uh, would use his key to go into in hotel rooms and rob the patrons. Sure. Um, and then he was, he was abruptly fired. And I mean, this was really unfair. Okay. All he did was rape a woman in her hotel room and her, her husband walked in and caught him. I mean, like a misunderstanding. Like, isn't there like a three strike rule? What was she wearing? <laughs> she She probably asked for it. Probably. God. 
Anyway, so the husband did beat the. Oh, sh- I hate everything. Sorry. Yeah. The husband did beat the shit out of him, and then Good, called the cops. As he should have. Yes, but the charges were dropped because the couple who lived out of state declined to return to testify. So this is this happened so much historically. I mm-hmm. don't understand. Like, who thought? Well, I guess it wasn't serious enough if they don't want to come talk about it. You know, it's so frustrating, but it make, also makes me wonder, like, I wonder later h- how guilty those people felt. Right. So they're like, have they have their own, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Puni- like, not, like, I don't want to say punishment, but they have their own, like, demons to live with stemming from that situation. Right. But. Well, yes, I'm not blaming them for anything at all. I'm blaming the court system for failing everybody by saying well if they don't want to testify then it must not be serious you know like god um so he drops out of school and at the age of 22 he moves to california where he settled permanently in 1984 so he's 24 years old at this point Mm -hmm. um he did uh murder nine-year-old may lung i wish i were better at asian names like i really feel awful every time i have to pronounce one yeah i don't have the exposure to them i'm not good at it either i totally get that um but he murdered this nine-year-old kid in a hotel basement um in san francisco he raped and beat her before stabbing her to death and hanged her body from a pipe oh my god yeah Mm mm-hmm that was his first known killing, but it was not discovered. Like, he, it was not Ew. connected to the other crimes until much later. Um, it wasn't until That's 2009. Disgusting. Yeah. Sorry. It wasn't until 2009 that he was matched to that crime due to DNA okay. evidence. Um, and here's what's disgusting. Here's what's... Oh, because the rest of this has been pleasant? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Well, here's what adds to the disgust. In 2016, officials disclosed that there was a second set of DNA present at the scene as an onlooker and that it belonged to an adolescent boy. So there, he had a young kid with him at the time of the incident. That's so gross. Mm-hmm. Do they know who this person is or they have not announced that they know who it is. They've not identified mm-hmm. anybody. I, and that was 2016 and not much else is like nothing else has come from it. Right. So I'm sure they're still investigating, but Ugh, yeah. That's gross. Um, so on June 28th, 1984, um, you know, just a couple months later is when he committed his first, what would be deemed a, a night stalker crime. Okay. Um, and that was June 28th, 1984. Um, a 79-year-old woman, Jenny Vinko, was found mm-hmm. brutally murdered in her apartment in Glassell Park. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been stabbed repeatedly while asleep in her bed. And then her throat had been slashed so deeply that she was nearly decapitated. Mm. I'm really trying not to get into all the details because these are really gruesome. Yeah. So this I guy may... was a monster. Absolutely. So I may start leaving out a lot I mean, you, of I, the have details to. It's okay. because like, it's. I mean, it's rough for me too. Like I'm gonna yeah. cry again. Um, <laughs> but um, that is 
horrible. He did leave a fingerprint on the mesh screen that, like, the screen on the window, he left a fingerprint mm-hmm. on it. So they were able to lift a print from that. Well, that's good. Um, on March 17th, 1985, he attacked 22-year-old Mariah Hernandez outside. No, that's my birthday. I refuse. No. <laughs> Take it back. Take it back. Um, so, undo it. Undo it. Undo it. <laughs> um, he shot her outside of her home in Rosemead. Um, he shot her in the face with a 22 caliber handgun, but she actually put her hands up when she saw him. I just showed, so everyone who's listening, um, I want you to see what I just did, but I'm not going to describe it. So (laughs) she she covered her face with her hands, um, and she had her car keys in her hands. The bullet actually ricocheted off the car keys. Thank God. So she, I mean, so she survived. Um, inside the house was her roommate, um, Dale Okazaki, who was 34. She heard the gunshot and ducked behind the counter when Ramirez came in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, when she raised her head to peek to see if he's still in the room, he was taking aim and shot her in the forehead. Um, within an hour, he had pulled a 30 year old, um, Sai Leon, she went by Veronica Yu out of her car okay. and he shot her twice with a twenty two caliber handgun and fled. Oh my god. Um so he just sound like a spree at this point. Uh-huh. It's not even like serial killing, like he doesn't have any cooling off period, he's just on a spree. Yeah. So the oh roommate god. and Veronica were um declared like they were both murders, um, and then mm. the third was an attempted murder all in one day. Um, and so it actually got pretty extensive news coverage as you'd expect. Yeah. Um, and, um, the news media dubbed, (laughs) or the news media kept talking about his curly hair and his bulging eyes and his wide spaced rotting teeth. And it's actually his teeth that got him caught. There are several articles about his (laughs) ugly, gnarly teeth that got him caught. Mm -hmm. Um, the, this was, um, when they first dubbed him the walk-in killer and the valley intruder. Okay. Uh, That's okay. Yeah. Okay. This just makes me wonder, like 1985, like I said, that was my, my birthday. Well, I was, that was my second birthday. So that makes me wonder like what my parents were doing, like watching that on TV, like with me as a baby. Right. Just like wandering around. No, that's just crazy. Um, on... It's weird to think that I was alive at the same time that this was happening. Right. Yeah. On March 27th, 1985. So he finally took 10 days. Like, he's exhausted. He took a nap. I need, I need a vacay. He entered a home that he'd burglarized a year before. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. That's so bad. <laughs> and he killed um, Vincent Zazara, who was in the uh, in the bed asleep. Um. He shot him in the head. Cesar's wife, Maxine, woke up to the sound of the gunshot. So he beat her and bound her and demanded to know where the valuables were. And I think this is the scene that you mentioned. I think so, too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, he ransacked the room and she actually um, got out of her bonds and got a shotgun but it was not loaded. Good girl. Oh. Um, so he shot her three times 
and then mutilated her body. And I'm not going to go into that because it's awful. Okay. But this was, I will say this was the first instance of him gouging eyes out, which is why I think he needed to have his out. Oh, see, they didn't do that That's in the movie. such an aggressive... That's horrible. That's such an aggressive... Makes my eyeballs hurt. He put them in a jewelry box that he took with him as a trophy. Ew! Yeah. Why would you want somebody's eyeballs? That's so gross. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Okay. Um... At this scene, he left footprints from a pair of Avia sneakers, and they made cast of those, or Avia, I don't know how you pronounce those. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, so, but this was the one fingerprint on the mesh, and the, this one shoe print were all they had for evidence at this point. Oh my god. Um, on May 14th, 1985, <laughs> so uh-huh. another like 15 days. Mm-hmm. Good, he's worn out again. Right. God. He needs another vacay. It's... Glad he put his feet up. It's hard to gouge out eyeballs all day. Um, he entered the home of Bill Doy, who was 66, and his disabled wife, Lillian, who was 56. No! And um, he shot the man in the face with a twenty two pistol. Um, and then he... He... Um, Beat the man into unconsciousness, but he was already mortally wounded. So oh he was going to bleed out anyway, and he still beat him. Um, he then entered Lillian's bedroom and bound her with thumb cuffs and raped her after he ransacked the home. This is why I don't ever understand why people are like, are so victim blaming on victims of rape. They're like, oh, what were you wearing? Like you were in... No, don't try to tell me that. That woman was 50 years old and laying in her bed trying to sleep. There is nothing about that that's like, oh, she was asking for it. That right. That gets fucked up. Yep. I can't. Um, on May 29th, 1985, he drove a car that he'd stolen to the house of um, Ma Bell, who was 83, and her sister, Nettie Long, who was 81. And um, he beat one with a hammer. And then he bound one with an electrical cord. and Or he used, rather, he bound one up. He used the electrical cord to shock both women. <gasps> and um, then he... That's like my worst nightmare. Oh my... Uh-huh. Oh my god, I hate that so much. Mm-hmm. Then he raped one of them and used lipstick to put a pentagram on her thigh and then on both, on two of the walls in the bedroom. Or, sorry, on the walls of both bedrooms. I was like, I didn't read that right at all. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, they were discovered two days later. They were alive when they were found, but they were both comatose. And one of them died later from her they injuries. Survived. Yeah. One died later from her injuries, but one survived even that. Like, Shit. Um, the the younger one survived. She's 81. I mean, it's not super I younger, mean, but God, what a fighter to survive all of that. You know, because honestly, if that were me, I'd be like, I, I wouldn't want to survive. I'd rather die. Yeah, mm-hmm, I'd rather go. Too. I'd rather die. Um, the next day, 
he wasn't tired yet because the next day he snuck into another home and held a um, woman named Carol Kyle at gunpoint. (laughs) Didn't you say Carol earlier? Wasn't that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, held her at gunpoint and bound her and her 11 year old son with handcuffs. No. And ransacked the house. Um, he let her free so that she could tell him where the valuables were. And then he raped her repeatedly. Um, and then he ordered her not to look at him or he'd cut her eyes out. Um, he fled the son after retrieving the child, fled the son. He fled the scene after retrieving her son from the closet and binding them together with handcuffs. He survived. They both survived. Yeah. They both survived. Like, I can't with child. I like, know. I can't. I know, I know. On July 2nd, 1985, um, he drove a stolen Toyota to the home of Mary Louise Cannon, who was 75. Um, after quietly entering her home, he found her asleep in bed. He bludgeoned her into an unconscious state. Um, and then he stabbed her with a knife he found in her own kitchen. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna like go downstairs real quick and throw away all of my knives. I'll be right back. Right. Um. On July 5th, so this is three days after that. Um. He saw Jesus. Did it come to him in the shower, like the guy from the Bachelorette right now? No. Did Jesus come to him in the shower? No. He came to him. I'm just trying to establish that shower Jesus is a thing. (laughs) Well, Jesus comes in many forms because here's how he came for Ramirez. (laughs) Um, Oh, God, I'm sorry. I needed to laugh so bad. Um, He bludgeoned 16-year-old Whitney Bennett with a tire iron as she slept. Um, He searched for a knife but couldn't find one. So he tried to strangle her with a telephone cord. And so the cord started to emit sparks and he said that was Jesus intervening on her behalf. And um, he left the house. She had to get 478 stitches. Holy shit. Yes. But she survived. Thanks to electricity Jesus. And I don't mean to laugh, um, but like, shit. Well, it's no shower Jesus, but I'll take it. <laughs> i'm just gonna open this drink right here (laughs) yeah i need several drinks oh my god okay oh yeah and we're on page seven of 21 of all his stuff which i'm not reading all of it but i'm cutting out a lot but (laughs) yeah um on july 7th two days later he burglarized the home of joyce lucille nelson who was 61 um he found her asleep on the living room couch, so he beat her to death using his fists and kicking her in the head. God, I'm never sleeping again. A shoe print from the Avia sneaker was lifted from her face. <gasps> um, he cruised two other neighborhoods and then returned to that same neighborhood and broke into the home of Sophie Dickman, who was 63. He assaulted and handcuffed her at gunpoint attempted to rape her and stole her jewelry and when she swore to him that he'd taken everything of value he told her to swear on satan this guy just gives zero fucks yeah zero just none um july 20th he purchased a machete and drove to glendale um 
he broke into the home of Layla Nighting, who was 63, and living with her husband, Maxon, who was 68. Um, he killed them with shots that were actually heard by the neighbors with, from a twenty two handgun. Um, okay. He mutilated their bodies with a machete and then stole their valuables. He left there and drove to another home and broke into the home of the... I'm going to offend somebody if I try to pronounce these names. Okay. So I'm not going to try, but he broke into the home of another family and shot them. Um, he bound their eight-year-old son. Um, no. But the kid was not harmed besides mentally. Well, so exactly. Yeah. But, um, but he was not attacked in any way. Okay. Um, and, um, he dragged the wife around the house or the mom around the house. I mean, um, after he raped her, he killed the husband, raped the wife, dragged her around the house so she could put out the valuables and bound the kid. But the wife and the kid survived. See, here's where I'm totally screwed because if somebody broke in here and was like, I need all your valuables, I don't have any. <sighs> start making, I don't have anything start making shit up. Be like, do you see those two candles? They came over here from the Mayflower. <laughs> I, I don't like I don't have anything that I'm like take my te- like my take my TV take my laptop that, that's all I don't have anything valuable the Hobby Lobby painting on the wall you yes it's, take the Hobby <laughs> Lobby gather painting <laughs> <laughs> I got it forty percent off so it's worth at least it was George Washington <laughs> oh my god. So bad. You got to start planning some costume jewelry or let's just plan on you having a better home security system. You know, it's funny because I, um, Hey, simply safe. You want to sponsor us? Right? <laughs> it's funny because, because of personal things in my life that I won't talk about. I've been, I actually do have like an ADT like system in here, but I haven't like had it activated. And I was thinking like the past week, like I need to do that yeah, before yeah. things transpire in my life. Yes. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. All those things. Yes. <laughs> so simply safe. If you'd like to sponsor <laughs> us, email us at lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com. Um, God, he, um, August 6th. So this is like a two week break now. He, oh sure. Uh huh. Um, he broke into the home of Chris and Virginia Peterson. Mm-hmm. He um, startled her awake, so he shot her in the face. No, that's how I apologize for waking people up too. Like I am so I'm so sorry. This awkward, but <laughs> I have to do this now. Awkward. <laughs> um, he then shot Chris in the temple, and tried to flee, but Chris fought back and like he fought back so hard that Ramirez shot at him two more times and missed here's the thing like it's so you know you think about who he's attacking and a you're like those poor like old women could not defend themselves but b what a fucking piece of garbage coward that he's attacking people that cannot defend themselves Well, right and so this couple were 25 and 27 and they and so the survived. First time he, the first time that he like challenges somebody close to his own age, the guy 
throws him so off that he sh- tries to shoot him and to shoot him and misses. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> and this couple survived their injuries. Garbage. So there's that. Um, you'll also see that this is where he shifts, and we see younger people. Um, we'll still see some old people, but we see younger people too. Um, so um, on August eighth, so two days later, he breaks into the home of. Um, Sakina Abawath, who was 27, and her husband Elias, who was 31. Mm-hmm. Um, he went into their bedroom and he instantly killed um, Elias with a shot in the head, like between the eyes. Um, Ouch. Yeah, he handcuffed and beat Sakina and stole their jewelry and then raped her and made her swear on Satan that she would not scream during his assaults. Um... When the couple's three-year-old son came in to see what the noise was, he tied the kid up and continued to rape the mom. When he left, um, Sakina untied her son and they went to the neighbors for help. This is like some Golden State Killer shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, He left Los Angeles because of all the media attention he was getting. Like, he just could not handle celebrity status anymore. It was too much. Like, TMZ, step away. I need my privacy. Yeah. So he he goes to the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, And so 10 days after the last attack, he... I forgot these were their names. He broke into the home of Barbara and Peter Pan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. It just caught me by surprise, even though I've read this. They were 62 and 66. Um, He he killed them. Yeah, he killed them and left, um, used her lipstick to um, scrawl a pentagram and the phrase Jack the Knife on the bedroom wall. Dude, do you know how expensive fucking lipstick is? Stop it. (laughs) I'm glad that's what you took away from this. Um, Look, I think it's pretty clear that I'm against all the murdering. So, like, let me focus in on something that's just as annoying. So, it was then discovered that um, a ballist that the ballistics and shoe print evidence from the Los Angeles crime, um, from the that the LA crimes matched the ballistics evidence from the Peter Pan crime. Um, <sighs> so the mayor held a press conference to announce this. And the detectives were pissed because they were keeping that down low. Right. Um, Because if you don't tell him that you know, he's not going to be as careful. uh And then it's going to be easier to catch him. Exactly. I don't even work for the police department or in any kind of law enforcement at all. And I know that. Yeah. (laughs) So um, he... Watched the telecast where she, because they had not announced that they had any of this evidence. They hadn't announced that they had shoe prints. Had announced that they had a fingerprint. Um, so she, dude, gets you're up. blowing it. Yeah, so she gets up and she announces, "We've got his shoes, shoe prints, and we're going to catch him." So he he was literally watching that newscast that night. Walked to the Golden State Bridge, dropped the shoes that he'd been wearing off into the water, 
and got new shoes. I was like, bye, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, he remained in the area for a few more days before moving back to L.A. So, like, that was his his real vacation. He'd taken some staycations, and now he had to go, you know, sightseeing. Yeah. Um, I mean... You gotta get you. You gotta see that the hate Ashbury for yourself. Right, duh. Um, Brightside, we're only like three paragraphs away from his capture now. So yay! Um, on August twenty fourth, nineteen eighty five, he um, went to Mission Viejo, and mm-hmm. he arrived at the home of James Romero Jr., um, who just returned from vacation. Romero's son Ooh, was thirteen. Yeah. Um, Romero's son was 13. He happened to be awake and heard Ramirez outside. So mm. he went to his parents' house and, um, Ramirez heard the wrestling inside and fled the scene. The son raced outside and was able to catch the car as it disappeared. Nice. And so he caught the color, the make and the style of the car, as well as mm-hmm. a partial license plate number. Look at so that. This kid is a badass. Yeah, he is. Good for you. That's awesome. Um, but so um, the dad just called the cops and was like, my son caught a thief outside. Here's all the information. You know, like, clearly nobody th- suspected it was going to be. It really does remind me of the Golden State Killer, how he would, like, people would call the police be like, oh, there's a prowler, like, in our yard. And nobody thought anything of it until it was like, oh, he's killing people, too. Oops. Yeah. Um, after this, Ramirez broke into the house of Bill Carnes. I think this was the same night. Okay. Broke into the house of Bill Carnes, who was 30, and his fiance Inez Erickson, who was 29. Um, he entered the bedroom and awakened Carnes when he cocked his handgun. He shot Carnes three times in the head before looking at Erickson. Ramirez told the terrified woman that he was the Night Stalker. And this is why I'm pissed off, because he got to choose his own nickname. It's like that meme you sent me yesterday. Or that I finally saw yesterday. You sent it a long time ago. I sent it like five days ago. That's fine. <laughs> um, it's like, is he ignoring me? <gasps> yeah, no, my notifications just stopped. Excellent. Um, so anyway, um, he forced her to swear that she loved Satan. And then he beat her and bound her up with neckties. Um, he stole. Does he not realize that he's these people are gonna say like whatever he wants them to say. No, clearly not. Is she not gonna be? Oh, I can't swear that. Like, listen, dude, no, she's gonna try to get the fuck out alive. Listen, I can't say that. My mom told me it's wrong. If somebody on Facebook sees that, I will be disowned. <laughs> I just applied for a job, and if they yeah. hear that, like. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, so he (laughs) dragged her out, demanded cash and jewelry, and made her swear on Satan that there was nothing else. And then um, before he left the home, he, you know, he did, of course, rape her too, because he's a fucking asshole. And then he whispered in her ear, um, tell them the Night Stalker was here. I'd have been like, um... The guy with the micro penis was here. <laughs> um, she was able to untie herself and run next door to the neighbors and call the police. Um, the ambulance arrived and the husband or the fiance was able to be saved. Yay! So he survived his injuries. Um, she was actually be able to give a very detailed description. Um, and Did it include a micro penis? Because I really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to my knowledge, but we can start that rumor. 
yeah i think that i think that i think that it did include a micro penis just um have it on good authority right um they were able to take a cast of his new footprint from this house um they found the stolen car and they were able to obtain another fingerprint or cute sorry sarah came in with a craft um, <laughs> we're teaching, um, yeah, I'm going to be done with this so I can go teach church, like little kids and then go deal with family <laughs> drama. So, <laughs> um, like kids today, I'm going to tell you a story about the night stalker. Wait, no, about so, Jesus. <laughs> they're actually able to obtain one single fingerprint from the rear view mirror, even mm-hmm. though he'd like tried to wipe all of his prints, he'd missed that one. It was positively identified as belonging to Ramirez, so he was in the system at this point for, you know, all the burglary and stuff he'd been doing. Mm -hmm. Um, He was described as a 25-year-old drifter from Texas with a long rap sheet that included many arrests for traffic and illegal drug violations. Um, They got his mugshot out to the media, Mm -hmm. and... um, Finally. Yeah. The police at the press conference said, we know who you are now and soon everyone else will. There will be no place you can hide. <laughs> so, um, uh, <laughs> oh, like, I hate this guy. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Now comes the best part. So, Yay! <laughs> um, is this when he's chased down by the angry townspeople? <laughs> yes. So he hid out for a while in Tucson. Um, and so he didn't know this was, this was actually the thing that, that did it. He went to Tucson to visit his brother for a while. And that's when all this news broke. Cause he <laughs> followed his case very closely, but right. like he'd taken a bus and so it was a long trip. So he missed the press conference that Oops. said, <laughs> and so oh, life before cell phones. Right. Right. So when he returns back to, um, he returns back to Los Angeles on August 31st. He walks past police officers who were staking out the bus tournament, the bus terminal in hopes of catching him there. He just like right. walks past them. Like, and, and they're like, I don't know. There's aren't cell phones. So I don't know what they're distracted by. <laughs> um, so they're not scrolling through Instagram. Like, <laughs> right. Not him. Um, <laughs> Watch this story, bro. Like, <laughs> A group of elderly uh, Hispanic women started whispering um, "Es el matador," like there's the killer. So he he notices that they're whispering about him. I love this. So then he turns and sees his face on all the newspapers, and he runs across the freeway, panicked because now he's like he's recognized the cops are there. He knows that people recognize him. He tries to carjack a woman, but this is when the townsfolk come in and they start chasing him down. He hops fences. He hops fences. He tries to steal two more cars, but like literally a street gang of people chase him down. This is the best thing ever. They hold him down and you know those cops see this going on and they're just like walking like huh, I wonder which way he went. They're like intentionally taking wrong turns. Yes. <laughs> they're holding him down and, that away. <laughs> and they start beating him with whatever they can find. Pipes, 
like planks because I mean he's terrorized them and they're all getting it out they're beating him so hard that when the cops finally come strolling up he begs the cops to arrest him to save him please if I ask to jail <laughs> the cops meanwhile he's like, like these people are pissed like what the the cops are like, what people? You're just laying here on the ground. I don't see a single person. I don't, I don't people around here. I don't know what's going on. They're like on. sliding their pistols across the ground. Like, I hope a ghost doesn't pick this up and shoot you. Shoot you. <laughs> so, um, I would leg- look of all the the chases that I've seen. OJ Simpson. I, I've seen, you know, I've seen the press conference right after they arrested that guy that was the Golden State Killer. I would love to see in this era of 24-hour news, somebody catch on a Facebook Live angry townspeople chasing down <laughs> right. right? It would be the best thing ever. Um, so he was arrested finally in 1988. No, he was arrested in 19... 19- um, 85. He was convicted at 89. It, well, yeah. So let me see. I've got a weird fact written down that I'm trying to find because I passed through it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he was convicted in 89. Um, after his arrest, it was the most expensive trial the state of California had ever seen. Ow! <laughs> yeah you think like we would be like hey guys we're not telling you on we're just not going to do a trial on this one yeah no trial (laughs) um what's due process what right um so he was convicted of all charges including 13 counts of murder five attempted murders 11 sexual assaults and 14 burglaries he was sentenced to death by gas chamber i bitch and in prison to wait out for the rest of his days, um, he fi- he filed immediately for an appeal. And sure, because like you do, um, <laughs> because of the depth of his case, there were fifty thousand pages of just trial records. The courts could not physically get through everything to hear his case. Like, to appeal it until 2006. It was denied immediately. But, like, once they finally read through it all. But they had to sort through that shit for 20 years. Right. Well, and that's crazy is that, you know, even in this in this movie, which takes place in 2013, he's, like, being interviewed by this woman. And he's like, I still have appeals left. Like, they can't execute me because I still have appeals left yeah. to exhaust. And I'm like, it's been a really long fucking time, dude. He never confessed. Like, he no. n- he never. Um, so, um. Well, he knows. And that, that was the thing in the movie. He knew, in the movie, he tells her, as soon as I confess, then it's over for me. Right. And this was like a game to him. It really was. And he was like, as soon as I confess, it's over. So, um. He. When he was sentenced to death he said quote hey big big deal death always comes with the territory i'll see you in disneyland dude fuck off for real though um so he did die in 2013 in prison at the age of 53 um he'd only spent 23 years on death row he died because of lymphoma Mm. 
Oh my god. This was a rough rough yeah. case. That's why I mean I like I like doing these like rough ones but I can only do like one every month or so. Yeah. They're bad. Yeah. Um so speaking of that. Yes. We have two things to do. Do you want to tell the people about Patreon? Well, I was going to set it up cutesy, but okay, I guess we'll do we'll do it your set way. It up. Well, we can edit that out and set it up cutesy. You got to tell me. Or I'm not going to edit it out, and we're going to pretend like this is the first time. So everyone listening, okay. this is the first time Happy? we're saying anything. Hey, Aaron. Okay. What do yes. you know about the Girl Scout murders with the um, shapeshifter? I'd like a box of Thin Mints, please. Would you like to know more? Yes. Because I'm going to cover this in our Patreon. Um, there are so many unsolved cases and crazy mm-hmm. stories and, yes. and, um, you know, for real, I'm just going to be honest. Reddit is rife with all of these unsolved mysteries. And I would like to get into they these are. for our Patreon. Um, I would too. Mm-hmm. Because, hey, you know, I've told you I like unsolved cases. I like that there's not a definitive ending. It pisses me off, but I like it. Yeah, I, I I love and hate it because I want, like, a resolution. Mm-hmm. But also, wouldn't it be so cool if we talked about something on Patreon and then the case was solved? Right? We could take credit for that. I mean, I would probably give the law enforcement people credit first. Mm, no. But we mm-hmm. could be like, oh, we brought it up. It we inspired totally them. We put it back in the social <laughs> thought. Right. Totally. Um. So, all that to say, we are... um. Taking this week off from Patreon, as we predicted, so that we can rework our format. But we will be coming back next week with uh, at you with um, some unsolved mysteries and um, kind of the crimes that have fascinated us that aren't Lifetime movies. Um, yeah. And it's a chance for us to just kind of tell our stories that we love so much and look yeah. at creepy pastas that have like destroyed us. And urban legends. Also, like, can we just know Slenderman? Oh, we already covered him. He sucks. He got. He's not job. real. He's not real. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So then, the only other thing that we have to do, because I didn't pick a real case of the week, because we had some uh, housekeeping to do. Yes. So we need to pick some movies for next month. All right. And so let's see. We have. One, two, three, four in the month of August. Okay. So why don't you pick four numbers between one and 68. How do I have 68 of these fucking movies left? <laughs> okay. 54. Okay. Um, 28. Okay. Uh, 17. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 54, 28. Mm-hmm. I'm writing them down as I say them too. 17. 17. Uh-huh. And 36. 36. Okay. That gives us Date with Darkness, The Capture of Andrew Luster. Oh, okay. I know this case. Um... Dead by Sunset. Okay. Um, Secrets of My Stepdaughter. Ooh. Which is the Lululemon murders. Oh, really? 
and Love, Lies, and Murder. I don't know that one. Off I don't know that one either. Yeah, I'm really pumped. Like, yeah. um, like I love, I mean, I don't love, I always feel so <laughs> awkward saying this, but I love the Lululemon case. It's so batshit. It's, it's interesting. It's really interesting. I remember the first time I heard this was when uh, True Crime Barrage did it. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Right. Like, crazy yeah side note i always confused lularoe with lululemon those are two very different things so <laughs> i several times tried to tell sarah about mm-hmm. the lularoe murder and i'm like no it wasn't for really cute affordable leggings it was for the expensive shit it was lululemon not lularoe <laughs> right exactly i always say the wrong one though <laughs> there you go all right so yeah next week we'll be back with patreon and we'll be back with these crazy movies and yeah and this like next week is my last week of freedom before we go back to school holy shit i know i'm super bummed i'm ready to get back in an actual routine i guess yeah i can i I haven't been out of my routine so i don't know (laughs) right but you know me i like to stay busy i go crazy if i'm not Mm -hmm. um well all right um where can the lovely people find us? Well, you can find us on Instagram at Lifetime Sentence, on Twitter at Life Sentence Pod. You can. Oh, oh, yeah. Speaking of, I wanted to talk about how excited I am because, you know, we talk about the cases that we want to be made into Lifetime movies. Uh huh. And this week we got an announcement that they're making something that I wanted to be turned into a Lifetime movie into a Lifetime movie. I'm taking, like, we're taking credit for that, too. I'm not taking credit. We're taking credit for that, too. You're welcome, Lifetime. So you can bet your ass that when that Lori Laughlin movie hits the the TV, I'm going to be watching it and live tweeting it for sure. Yeah, but I'm watching it and you're researching it. Mm. That's one one of our flips. Listen, you know you love it. I want to watch the movie, though. Well, you can watch it also. You can do double the work. I did that with Girl Fight. It was the worst experience of my life, but I did it. Uh, the movie so bother me. <laughs> um, now that we interrupt that, you can also um, find our website at LifetimeSentence.com. Yes, and if you want to subscribe to our Patreon and listen to what's upcoming with our favorite unsolved cases, um, it's patreon.com backslash lifetime sentence and um like us on facebook facebook.com slash lifetime sentence send us an email at lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com and leave us a rating and review and subscribe and all those things mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and we will be back at you next week yes, we will have a lovely evening all right don't forget to eat your vegetables and charge your phones bye bye This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.